Welcome back to Starman's Podcast. My name is not Anthony. Nope, and my name is not Kristen. If you've made it this far. I mean, if they made it this far. Of course they made it this far. We're fucking awesome. Because we're fucking cool. We're pretty dope. You've made it this far. Congratulations on making it this far. <laughs> we're doing a, a hood. <laughs> a hood episode. A hood episode. We're in the hood today. <laughs> Literally, though, we're, we're both hooded. We're hooded. In the, in the, in the deep right Something now. Something about the fall. I don't know why, but I just like wearing hoods because, like, my ears are warm. Uh, makes my neck warm. I mean, I only did it because I felt intimidated by you, and I want, like... Oh, word. I want, like, the Lord of the Rings. I want, like, a strider. Oh, you want, like, like the where black... Where it's dark. Hood. Yeah, you can't Jesus. fuck... I'm just going to, like, talk to you like this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't do that. Because <laughs> you can't see my eyes. It's fucking terrifying. And I'm just going to be so... Uh, are we talking about ghosties today no okay so nobody knows i don't know why i chose this one but we're gonna be talking about the catacombs under the united kingdom the what the catacombs 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 (laughs) oh shit all of them oh like in that movie um as above uh... so below oh what the horror movie no i was talking about the um uh, who's that actor that played Spider-Man most recently? Uh, Tom, Tom Hiddleston? No, no, no. Oh, Tom, the other Tom. Thomas, Tom, Tom, Tommy boy. Tom, it's everyone the knows other, Tom. It's the other fucking Tom. Tom, everyone that's listening is saying the last name right now. Fucking. Holland. Yeah, Holland. Holland. Sorry. <sighs> Hiddleston is Loki. So. Who's the most. It was like a, ever. it was a Uncharted with, with Tom Holland. Did you ever watch that? I know, but it was on Netflix, and I actually almost started it, but then I realized it was like two hours and 45 minutes, and I was like, okay, this interstellar, like, let's calm down. (laughs) Yeah, basically, they end up in the catacombs of... uh, Catacombs. The European... I say catacombs because when I was listening to interviews and shit, it was like, oh, the catacombs. So maybe it is... It's probably tomato, tomato. Probably American. I'll go catacombs. I've always said catacombs. But I'm my, maybe I'm saying it the American dumb way. Maybe. <laughs> but I won't be saying it that much, so whatever. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about that, specifically the ones in Paris and London. Some are just, like, interesting. Oh, some are really scary, and some are really, like, morbid. And then I'll, I'll sneak in some other cool stuff. But I've got a lot of info. So. Shit. Ready to dive in? Let's dive into the catacombs of I'm about European. To dive in. Uh, uh, what is a catacomb? It's know. basically an underground structure dedicated for the dead. Oh, I thought it was like an underground sewer system. It can be that too. You can do water. Okay. okay. But it's the actual definition of a catacomb is an underground cemetery, basically consisting of a subterranean gallery. With recesses for tombs constructed by basically the Romans. And we're going to reference the ancient Romans a lot. I was going to say, aren't there catacombs inside the pyramids? I think. I'm assuming those are technically catacombs, but they also are known as tombs, burial areas. So You mean toms? Oh, yeah, toms. Catacombs. 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 Toms. 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 All right. Catacombs. Cool. Yeah. Maybe that's where I got catacombs. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But, again, the interviews. I don't know. Maybe they're like... Yeah. 
Okay, so in the United Kingdom, well, be well below ground, there are several catacomb spaces. Though typically built under churches during the Victorian era, there were many right. that were utilized as crypts or vaults, basically under structures like churches. Right, 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 right. Because in National Treasure, they oh, go into God. a catacomb that's under a church. Yes. So there are many cemeteries that have catacombs under them that you can tour. Catacomb. Fuck. Now you're going to just just pick one. Shit. Just I can't pick one. pick one now. Catacomb. No. I'm sorry I made fun of you Catacomb. For it. No. I really want to know the pronunciation or enunciation. I can tell you right now. Google yes. will tell me. Pause. Pronounce catacomb. <laughs> no, we're, we're keeping this in. Catacomb. Catacomb. Not coom. Okay. Catacomb. Catacomb. Back in. All right, so we're going to pick catacomb because apparently that's what Google told us. Google says catacomb. Google says catacomb. So, again, there are many cemeteries that have catacombs under them that you can tour and explore. We will discuss a couple of these some, in some kind of phenomenon that occur. Mm -hmm. Anthony's eating a Kit Kat, so that's a crinkle. <laughs> it is really folly vibes today. Like, I'm going to side note, it's like probably 40s, 50s, highest. High of 60 in the sun. I've been sleeping with my window cracked, and yes. I wake up freezing now. It's gorgeous. I love it. The, tr the leaves are changing. And I mean, guys, it's September when we're recording this. Not when you release it, but it's September 16th. <clears throat> so. Mid oh, my God. It's, it's middle mid of September already. Crazy. Ugh. So, the catacombs, catacombs, the ones that we're going to talk about initially for the ones under London were built between 1833 and 1841. So in the early 19th century, due to cholera outbreaks and recurring diseases, London cemeteries were getting extremely full, becoming a health hazard. By 1830, there was a law that was passed that banned the burial of any new bodies in city limits. Therefore, this necessitated the creation of what's known as the London's Magnificent Seven, a collection of seven cemeteries. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to list them all in the year they're created. So the Kensal Green Cemetery, which was built in 1831... West Norwood Cemetery, 1837, Highgate Cemetery, 1839, Abney Park Cemetery, 1840, Nunhead Cemetery, 1840, Brompton Cemetery, 1840, Tower Hamlets Cemetery, 1841. I like that you did that in chronological order. Yes, satisfying. The largest one, so again, these are the London's Magnificent Seven. Mm. The largest one or ones, are Kensal Green and West Norwood, with a medium-sized labyrinth located at Brompton Cemetery. So Brompton, sorry, the second is a third one, and it only has a medium-sized kind of catacomb underneath. Right. So there's some, in, there's a little, there's technically a catacomb in Highgate Cemetery, but it's above ground. So not really a catacomb. I was going to say, because, yeah, I was going to ask if catacombs have to be under, like, sea level, underground. Don't know. It just, it's a place dedicated for bodies. So it's it underground. Like it, yeah. Okay. So the, def uh, the definition has underground cemetery, but there's no parameter on it. Hmm. It All was right. in the Oxford Dictionary, so. So the catacombs in West Norwood, they offer tours. When you enter the square-shaped underground structure, you find a hydraulic lift in the center utilized for lowering coffins and bodies to the vaults from the chapel above. Jesus. Right? Okay. There are rooms lining the halls where your coffins are stored. The space on the shelf would need to be purchased by the family. You can buy a shelf slot, an entire shelf itself, or the rich could buy the entire room. Of course. 
if you purchase the room, you're allowed to place your own custom door on it, which I think is kind of cool. As you walk down this hallway, you see like a purple door or whatever with oh, like yeah. glitter. That's cool. Whatever you want. Oh, glitter. <laughs> sure. I don't think anyone Back in the 1800s. Glitter. Let me just put some glitter on here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But this chapel was severely damaged by the German bombs and some of the tunnels were eventually sealed off. Wow. The stairwell from the chapel to the catacombs is one of is basically one of these. So because of the bombing, they sealed that one off. Right. There's an estimated 2,500 coffins in the catacombs, but it, it, it can accommodate much more. Each coffin is in a various state of decay, but due to the laws for those who are not buried underground, the coffins had to be lead-lined. Because if you put someone in a wooden coffin, they decay. They're going to decay the coffin with them. It brings in bacteria and shit. Right, right. It's going to disintegrate the... Well, not disintegrate, but again, break it down. So they lined it? So they line it in lead so the body will disintegrate itself, but the coffin will not. So you don't have a soupy fucking mess. You, uh... Yeah, I know. Gross, right? Well, it doesn't really matter either way, to be honest. Right. Whatever. So in 1965, Lambeth Council pushed the original owners to sell to them, basically this West Norwood. Um, I don't know who the Lambeth Council is. There's not a lot of information I could find on them. But basically, after they overtook the cemetery, it had gone to rubble and vandalism. There was a lot of illegal plot selling, so many people, estimated to be a thousand, are mixed-matched and buried in someone else's spots. So you could think grandma's headstone is here, but in reality, she's actually her body somewhere else. Oh, no. That's not good. So these Lambeth Council people are garbage. Late 1990s, they were caught doing this illegal shit, and uh, legal actions were taken. And now the cemetery is managed by much better people. Oh, good. <laughs> but for those people who buried, yeah, you don't good. know. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so West Norwood is not great. So we're going to go to the next one, Kensal Green Cemetery. It's the oldest burial ground and number one of the Magnificent Seven. Due to the popularity and the new and upcoming concepts of burial grounds, Kensal Green had a lot of famous people attract towards it. It was noted as the most fashionable burial ground in the country. Then, due to overwhelming deaths in World War I and increasing popularity of cremations, the cemetery started to fall. Once the cemetery started to decline and years later with World War II bombings, it is now a ramshackled, overgrowth place for exploration. Oh, wow. Built on 72 acres, it has three chapels. Kensal Green has a lift from the chapels as well, same with West Norwood. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually originally had this screw brace, oh, sorry, screw-based lift. So, like, you turn a oh, wheel wow. and it goes, yeah. and it brings the things up and down. It was upgraded to a hydraulic one. And actually, West Norwood, the one we just talked about, had the screw-based one as well. But, again, th- when they renovated that one, they changed it to hydraulic, so it's much easier. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take forever to... Move a body. Yeah. Over the last few decades, people have worked to fully restore the graves and monuments with current burials happening daily. There's about 250,000 people buried in 65,000 graves. Wow. So, still double stacking. Over 500 members of British nobility are actually buried there. The cemetery has three catacombs for the housing of lead-lined coffins and cremated remains. Catacomb A is beneath the North Terrace colonnade, and now it is sealed off from public or any access. Catacomb Z is beneath the Dissenters Chapel at the eastern end of the cemetery. 
And unfortunately, it suffered significant bomb damage from World War II and is also closed down. Mm-hmm. But Catacomb B, located beneath the centralized Anglican Chapel, A-N-G-L-I-C-A-N. Anglican. Anglican? Like Anglo-Saxon. Sure. Holds space for 4,000 deposits. And it has six aisles underneath with a central chamber. So hold on. Um, did you say A, Z, and B? Mm-hmm. A, Z, B. What the fuck is that? I th- it, well, it's supposed to go A, B, Z. But they didn't do C. They did Z. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Do they not know the alphabet, or I, should I go tell them? Does it bother your OCD? A little bit, yeah. Eh, same. But right. I didn't say, I didn't question anything. Well, I did. Oh, well. So, there's a story of a haunting in the cemetery. Uh, of course there is. Right. This is kind of why I wanted to do the catacombs, is to get into the kind of the creepier shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's not, eh, it's okay. Um, a man who had worked his way up through the networking connections, um, profession eventually became like a higher up he became a rich man networking like human networking no technology oh really networking connections yeah well that's what i do i mean it's not the same as back in the day but yes well yeah once he became successful he left his lover her name was elise she was described as holding by him, no working brains and no money to speak of. Oh, wow. Okay. So he ended up leaving her and abandoned her with no place to go. Good for him. So she perished at a young age due to hardship and circumstances. Um, she did? She did. So he left her, kicked her out, and she ended up living on the streets and dying. Wait, she said that he was a bum? and No, he s- described her as that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it was the other way around. No, he left her because he got rich. She and he said, "So he's an asshole." Yes, he's a prick. Okay, he's like she had no working brains and no money to speak of, so he left her because he was this high status. Wow, it's like Wolf of Wall Street. He left his original okay fiance. Well, I take back what I said earlier. I thought that she called him dumb and no brains. No, no, he did to her, and he put her to the streets, and she died. Wow, because of that. What a douche. Okay. Mm Hmm. So years later, the rich man was attending a funeral at Kensal Green. He ended up wandering through the cemetery, just exploring, and came across Elise's untended, decrepit grave. Someone had buried her. He felt immediate guilt about her conditions, yet instead of associating his name with trying to repair her site, he hired a stockbroker to put more funding into her grave to save his name. So he felt bad. Yeah, he felt bad, gave her money for his grave, but he's like, I don't want my name attached to this. Oh, my Douchey. God. After this encounter, he started mistaking numbers and getting confused frequently. He went to call a stockbroker but recited Elise's plot number to the operator. He tried to correct himself, but the operator put him through. A muffled woman's voice picked up saying, yes, who's calling? And it was the voice of Elise. She said, why, it's never you, darling. Do you want me? Of course, I'll come. He was stunned absolutely into pure silence. She said, I won't be long. But I was very far away, darling, when you rang up. And then the line went dead. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so confused right now. (laughs) So we gave her a plot number because back then it wasn't full telephone numbers. It's, you know, call line 72. Yeah. Disgruntled from the interaction, he returned to his study and he ended up starting drinking, finishing his end of his day. Finishing the end of his day. He was well intoxicated by the time he heard the front door open and then some footsteps down the hall. (laughs) Oh, my God. He, pa- he was laying on his couch, and he passed out after listening to the footsteps right- walk right up on the study door. 
He woke up the next morning to streaks of dark clay on his carpet from the front door, and he found it on his chair in his jacket. What the fuck? After that, he lived a pretty quiet life. He didn't go out too much after that. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> nope. So that was just a story that um, was coming from that cemetery specifically about her. And her grave is there. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's wild. So outside of cemeteries that are, oh well, outside of the cemeteries, there's one called Camden Catacombs in London. Hmm. Um, they are basically built under the Camden markets. So um, they're constructed in the 1800s and owned by the Network Rail for the last basically few years, probably decade now. Hmm. They were used for stabling horses and ponies for the railway during construction. So another set of catacombs that's not in a cemetery base. A lot of these tunnels provide connections to the canal and the Victorian warehouses. Most of these tunnels were lost during redevelopment in the 1980s when they're basically restructuring and building more expansive buildings on top. So they were sealed off for security and stability so they didn't collapse right. since they weren't being used. Yeah. So now to go into something even crazier, now we got through kind of the boring, cool chapel catacombs. Ooh, cool. That's like the standard. Let's go into something sketchy. Okay. The plague pits. The what? The plague pits. Yeah. So the bubonic plague obviously racked London and United Kingdom hard. Um, The first instance of the bubonic plague was in 1350. There were various waves of this disease until 1665, where the most deadly of them all basically swept through. Great. In 1665 and 1666, the bubonic plague was ravaging London. It wiped out 15 to 25 percent of London's population alone, which was about 100,000 residents. Guess they should have wore a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Probably. But it's okay, we only treated the flu virus. Anyways, the bubonic plague, known as the Black Death, was a plague that devastated many parts of Europe. The bacterium, known as Yersinia pestis, is spread by infected fleas, which is carried on rats, mice, squirrels, chipmunks, voles, prairie dogs, and other various rodents. The fleas essentially feed off of infected rats and then bite humans, because we didn't have very clean conditions back then. Uh Side note, when I was in medical school, they taught us extensively about Yersinia pestis and the bubonic plague. Why? Because it still have we still have cases. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's kind of wild. It's important to understand the symptoms of it, and it's very and it's musculoskeletal. It presents similar to musculoskeletally, like you can see symptoms in your body, right? In your lymph nodes and stuff. I'll actually go into the disease itself because. Obviously, we're learning some medical shit for me. We're learning. For the general disease, so we're actually going to talk about what the bubonic plague is. That's good, because I actually don't know. Good. Anything about it. So, we'll talk about all the symptoms, etc. How it you get it. Well, you know how you get it from the fleas. But, so, there's a two to eight day incubation period after exposure. Patients will develop a sudden headache, a high fever, chills, and weakness. They will also have severely swollen lymph nodes called buboes that form in armpits, the groin, and in your neck. These are roughly the size of a chicken egg that are very firm and they're extremely tender to the touch. Mm. They can also leak pus. Oh, the lymph nodes? The the, the egg. The, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's bacteria building up in your lymph system. How many lymph nodes do you have? A shit ton? or a Fuck lymph- ton. Oh, okay, because I know there's like your neck. 
in your armpits, your nipples. You have an anterior, a middle, a posterior, and an a kind of a lateral rib cage set oh, chain in there. in there. Then you have a superficial, a deep submandibular behind right here. You have a, um, some on your trapezius I didn't there area. So many. You have your posterior cervical. Because I can feel some of them. Yep. Like you have the... some up and under your jaw. You have some mental ones right in the front at the point of your jaw. Oh, yeah. Along the sides of your thyroid, deep along the sides of your neck. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. There's Crazy. a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Now, your lymphatic system is... Lymphatic. It's not lymphatic. Lymphatic. No, it's lymphatic. Oh, your lymphatic system is responsible for, like, the... I, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Basically but a waste. Yeah, like, it's like a filter. Blood right? waste. Yeah. Yeah. So when that gets problematic, it's not good for your body. Kind of. Well... <sighs> I can't say blood waste because it's it's just general waste products, non-food. Because our food goes into our body through our digestive system, out through colon, and then out. Right. This is like the waste products from like our muscles, our joints, our day-to-day motions, oh, okay. essentially. And that's its job is to take all this shit, filter it, right. get the fucking shit out through, and then you excrete right. it through either colon or kidneys. Yeah. Well, that's why like when people have lymph node cancer and they get some removed, they're, like, hot, like more susceptible to, like... Um, Recurrence, because your lymphatic system has right. access to... The reason why um, any lymphatic-type cancer, which is, like, lymphomas and stuff like that, um, the reason why it's so important is because, again, it, it can metastasize easily, which means because mm. it has access everywhere. Right. You might have a swollen, tender <clears throat> lymph node here, and then you blow it off for six months, and right. then you don't realize you actually have... It has started to spread throughout your body. So yeah. they find this. They're like, okay, cool. Let's do... I think it's a PET scan where it looks for hot spots. It's not a PET scan. Sorry, it's a bone scan. So basically, it looks at the metabolic fun- function of your body. In a normal skeletal system, you'll actually just be like thin black lines where bone is. If you have like a hot spot, I could show you a picture. You can see how the density Ooh. is extremely more dense here. Yeah. That means there's higher metabolic activity there and it's a higher sign of cancer or something bad is going on. Right. So then they go in, diagnose it, etc. Cool. So again, lymphatic disease is so detrimental and it's crucial for early detection because it has access everywhere. It can go to your lungs, your right. liver, it has access, yeah. bone marrow, etc. Lovely. So, not bad. Good. Not good. Lymphoma is not good. To- dive into that i just no it's like non-hodgkins and hodgkins lymphoma you know some of them are bad some of them are and i think non-hodgkins is actually more of a a death sentence um i think that one's not a very high survival rate so but i could be wrong i sometimes i, I tend to mix them up yeah so i was right hodgkins lymphoma is actually the higher survival rate non-hodgkins is not good yeah so so anyways Yes, lymph is not good. So these lymph nodes can swell and they can actually excrete pus and they get infected and necrotic. It's disgusting. Jesus. So these are the area that the bacteria multiply before spreading your lymph system. It can be treated with antibiotics currently in the early stages. If the plague worsens, it can turn into two types. Septicemic plague, where the infection goes systemic. Then pneumonic plague, where the lungs are infected. Oh, Typically presenting as an untreated bubonic plague, the sep- plague, the septicemic plague has all the symptoms above with abda- or with added abdominal pain, shock, 
and bleeding into the skin. Skin and organs turn gangrenous and may die, especially on the fingers, toes, and the nose. Oh my god, so like basically their blood turns into like necrotic waste. Yeah, it's it's basically a blood die. infection, but it's Jesus. nasty. Those lymph nodes are producing so much bacteria, it's going into your bloodstream and right. it's traveling and it's causing various areas of necrosis. Oh god, that's horrifying. It's basically septic shock, but Yikes. bad, and <clears throat> right. it's actively doing it. Yeah. The pneumonic plague can develop from untreated bubonic, essentially, or if the septicemic plague spreads to the lungs. Pretty common. It can also occur if the patient inhales infected droplets. Patients will develop fever, headaches, chest pain, shortness of breath, cough, watery, bloody sputum. Spittle. Spittle. This can lead to respiratory failure and shock. This is the only type of the plague that is spread from human to human by infected droplets. You have to have pneumonic to spread. Right. You have to be coughing in someone's face. Basically. Yeah. To this day, there have been cases recorded throughout the U.S. and the world, with about seven cases on average per year. 50% of cases on average are between ages 12 and 45. Wow. Which is, that is the, sorry, I don't even know why I put that, that's a dumb fucking statistic, because the other half of the population is probably 45 to 90. So the only thing we're skipping is, like, from birth to age 10. Yeah. Or 11. Right. Yeah, it's a weird... Cool stat. Okay, the other half is probably, you know, from 46 to 90, so... (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't really even make much sense. No, sorry, that was a dumb stat, so ignore that shit. Um, There's no known vaccine. Again, it can be treated with various antibiotics in early stages, such as ciprofloxacin, gentamicin, and good old doxycycline. Hey. Hey. So, due to piss and shit poor hygiene, literally, <laughs> the bubonic plague spread very rapidly and piled up bodies, stacked them. Just stacking them. Stacking them. So, they created what was known as the plague pits. There is an estimated tens to hundreds of plague pit plague pits spread throughout the city, though there's very little evidence on the exact location of these. They're all found typically by accident. Oh, Though the first known pits were dug in the Charterhouse Square near the, near the Tower of London, um, they were these pits were dug extremely deep, very long and narrow trenches where mm-hmm. bodies were stacked in on top of each other, um, basically just dumped in in a vertical, well, a horizontal laying down supine pattern. They supine. Were, supine, laying on your back. Supine on spine. (laughs) They were dug deep to prevent the spread of infection until they were filled, but also prevent things from crawling back out because not everybody was dead. There were rumors that due to widespread fear, people were tossed in alive if they had any symptoms and they couldn't get out. What the fuck? It is rumored that you could hear their moans and cries as they tried to escape the depths. That's horrifying. So say you have a cough and your best friend's like, oh, it's the bubonic plague and then pushes you in and you can't get out because it's fucking 25 feet deep. You're not crawling up that mud wall. So guess what? You're in a pit with these infected humans. And so you're either going to get the infection, you're going to starve, or you're going to die from severe dehydration. Jesus. All while you're exposed to the elements. You know, I wondered why there was like zombie movies. I think that's probably why. Because of shit like that happening in our past. That's awful. What an awful way to die. 
more than likely you probably wouldn't get the plague. You'd probably die of thirst, you know, before you got the plague. Because, again, two to eight day incubation period. Yeah. So three days without water, that'll kill you. But, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's awful. So one of the most memorable excavations was from a, uh, a pit where they dug up a skeleton that had the point of an arrowhead lodged in his spine. Bone had started to grow around this, proving that his injury, that he, well, he survived this, like, fatal, awful injury just to die from the plague. Jesus. And I actually heard about this guy in med school because they took, they showed pictures of his scan with the arrowhead, like, like just a little sliver was sticking out and bone had fused, oh, encapsulated it, essentially. Yeah, like healed a, over it. Yeah, like yeah. a form body reaction. Huh. It was kind of crazy. So on historicuk.gov, they took various books and sources to create an interactive map of suspected areas of plague pits where they found, like, skeletons and corpses from excavation. Mostly skeletons now. There's probably not any flesh on these from decay. Yeah. Most of these are um, kind of around the grounds of churches and then in the fields surrounding London. These pits were never memorialized. There's no gravestones. They were dug in fields and below the city and filled in as soon as they were full. Today, a former plague pit was turned into a park. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. During this construction, there was about 4,000 skeletons uncovered. There is, a min- there is essentially minimal concern about Yersinia pestis living this long, but anthrax is actually known to survive a couple thousand years. Anthrax? Anthrax. Why would, what does that have to do with... Because okay. if you dig up a pit with bacteria, it's like kind of like the, the glaciers and shit melting. Like, what if we right. expose this super pathogen that's been right. lying dormant? Yeah. So if we dig up, we accidentally dig up a plague pit, Yersinia pestis isn't going to survive this long right. without a host. But anthrax can. I know, but I'm asking where is the anthrax coming from? Is that part of... It was It was just like a comparison. Oh, okay. That was it. No, I don't know if there's anthrax in those, but... <clears throat> I was going to say. <laughs> but it just shows that there are some diseases that can survive for oh, a I long see what you're time. Saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would. Tony, that's what tighten I was gonna, it up, please. I know. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I was going to ask you before you even mentioned that. I was like, why the fuck are they digging this up? Because I would not. I would just leave them there. I wouldn't. Well, they they were them. probably excavating to create this park, and they like skimmed the surface and found oh, a found fucking it. skull. Yeah, I guess you got You need a coffee, man. I do. I'm tired. Damn coffee. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna get into the sketchy labyrinths. So if we hopping, we're hopping over to Paris, France. Do, 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 do. Comes home to one of the wildest labyrinth of catacombs. Did you know? Is this an know? underground labyrinth? Or? Huh? Is this an underground labyrinth? Yes. Sick. Did you know only second to Bangkok, Paris is the most, or the second most visited city in the world? No. Yeah. Crazy, right? Like for travel or? The second most visited city in the world. Oh, so just, yeah, okay. Thank you. I'll let you think for a sec. Shut up. In order to explore these catacombs, it's typically a trespassing situation where you sneak through um, crevices and cracks in walls or into abandoned railroad tunnels, like a burrowed hole under the ground. Mm -hmm. Only one half of the 180 miles of these catacombs is open to the public. Jesus. 
So in the 13th century, the Romans were the one who originally, or the ones who were originally digging these tunnels. Back when France was actually known as Gaul. 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 The soil is extremely rich in limestone, which is a valued building material for the city. Mm. Once the Romans were done digging and quarrying, what remained was roughly about 180 miles of tunnels, catacombs, and caverns. There are six. There are over six million people buried below. Most of them from World War II. Oh, wow. There is frequent gang activity, enough to where specific police force is used to monitor these tunnels and go down into them. Yeah, no doubt. And unfortunately, these tunnels are littered with trash, drug paraphernalia, and graffiti. Jesus, can you imagine being like, oh yeah, back in my days, due to drugs in the catacombs of fucking Paris. It's like, what? <laughs> right, what the fuck are you saying? What? So, there's a group called the Cataphiles. They identify themselves as a secret underground community, and they are a type of explorer of the catacombs who evade police, draw the graffiti, and frequently do, um, do illegal tours to paying, like, tourists and citizens. <laughs> oh, no! So, you pay someone under the table and they'll bring you down. Wow. They have been mapping the catacombs for many years in one day to hopefully discover the entirety of these tunnels. Jesus. That's kind of cool and creepy at the same time. They are extremely expansive. I like, bet. you need days of, like, food and water, and you can't just, like, go to a faucet and get water. Like you, They're limited by their supplies and how deep they can go. Right. And they're very twisty and turny. I encourage you to just watch, like, a 10-minute interview of someone going down into these catacombs because people post it on YouTube all the time. Just the difference from, like, you go from crawling on your hands and knees to squeezing through a two-foot hole to a massive cavern to walking through waist-deep water to where the walls are, like, crooked to crawling over, like, bones. Oh, my Jesus. And then back in the dirt and then places you can't even, like, stand up. I would not. You could not pay me enough money to Hell go in there. Hell no. I would jump out. No. No, no, no. I don't go underground. Fuck that. <laughs> Scary shit down there. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. You're looking through this and you're like... How do these guys know? And it's just through years of repetition. Yeah. And this guy, when he, like, pulled his map out, he's, like, flipping through, like, a 50-page binder of maps. He's like, to let's go where see. He's I've been here before. Right. Jeez. So going off of that, um, there's obviously, I just described kind of how it is down in there. Mm-hmm. There's also various warning signs above all the public and secret entrances. But one of the most chilling ones says, stop, this is the empire of death. Wow. Mm-hmm. As you explore, it's extremely disorienting. Again, there's various tunnel sizes, and you often have to dive through the holes in the floor or lift yourself up through cracks in the ceiling. Jesus. There's also many tunnels, again, that are flooded with knee-to-head-deep water. The guy I was describing at one point, he said there was, like, four inches of, of air, of an air pocket to go through this tunnel, and you just put your head up and you'd walk. No, thank you. So you could breathe, but that's it. Hard pass. Until it, like, (laughs) until you hit to another section where you got out and you were able to climb out. Fuck Fuck that. that. Seriously. So, we'll talk about some places underneath, inside the catacombs, too, that's pretty popular. Okay. Such as the Lost Brewery. What? Yeah. Like the, um, oh, you never played Skyrim. No. There's like a catacomb brewery. That's really cool. Maybe it's based off of this. Maybe. It's part of the Thieves Guild. Could be. 
Um, the Lost Brewery, known as the Gallia Brewery, resides 70 feet below street level. Though they did have a storefront on top, up top, um, these buried cellars stored and produced beer. It was a cost-effective to storefront owners due to the high cost of, like, Main Street drag, like, store frontage. Right. But it was also efficient to them because it was nice and cool down there, to, and it was a really good environment for producing beer and serving it because it was cool. I wouldn't think that's a good environment for anything, but okay, sure. Back when it was used frequently, they had like a stairwell that went down and down and down and down. Oh, Jesus. To go access it. I'm sure at 70 feet, they weren't having like people, patrons go down there. Right. I'm sure that was more of their storage cellars, and you go up like 30 feet. And again, this is 70 feet below ground. That was probably where they served people with bars and chairs. Because the catacombs aren't on a flat solo level. Right. You have to think they're like up, down, here right. and there. Like yeah. some of the deepest parts are not are not just 70 feet below ground. They're a couple hundred. So. Jesus. Because they mine not just straight. They went down. Yeah. It's not, that's probably why it's so disorienting. Right. The cellar itself is actually lined with graffiti, but there's beautiful murals that people put in there too. Like intrinsically put. Like. Wow. Very artistic. People would bring painting materials and create gorgeous pictures that covered almost basically every inch of this cellar. That's kind of cool. This area was referred to as a secret artist society. For those who are lucky enough to receive a map or catalog the directions to this place itself. Eh, Don't mind me, just part of the secret art society. (laughs) Pretty much like prestigious people. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of the Lost Brewery. That's cool. So more about the tunnels. Um, there's actually various bomb shelters that were utilized by Nazi Germany in World War II. I believe that. <laughs> right. This was when Germany was occupying France, basically. They used, so the Germans used a high school for their Air Force headquarters above ground. Sounds like them. But they also dug down and found entrances to the catacombs and utilized underneath. And this allowed for, like, secrecy of travel. Right. Because they could go over here and then pop up, you know, two miles down the street. Yep. Um, it also provided them pr- protection from bombs, again, raids, and a safe space with electricity to work. Those cables are still kind of mounted to the wall, too. Damn. They added, basically, sealable iron doors for the bomb shelters, and they even built latrines underground. <laughs> So, ironically, less than a mile away, the French resistance also lived underground very close to them. And they had no... They never crossed paths. Jesus. These tunnels are such a labyrinth that the resistance essentially was so close, they never crossed paths with them, and the Nazis had no idea they were basically next door. What the fuck? They just... Wow. They also used that, again, as their their headquarters and base of operation because they could not be above ground. I'm learning more in this podcast than I did in high school. Just FYI. Same. Because <laughs> high school's trash. Like, this is actually interesting. I wish that, like, it's very teachers taught like this with, like, stories instead of, like... Learn like, that in 1982... Like, chapter three and get Prince back to Charles me tomorrow. fucking stabbed this man and it started the revolution. You got an 82 on the quiz. It's barely passing. 1972, they went from this river to this river. Boring. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Boo. Okay. So that was kind of a little bit about, you know, the war. Um, So within these tunnels itself is actually one of the largest mass graves in the world. These graves are not the typical ones you think of. On the outside, there is a retaining wall. Well, sorry, not on the outside. Let me paint a picture. So you're walking down this hallway, 
and there's a retaining wall off to the right, mm-hmm. and it's made of tibias, femurs, and skulls. Oh. So it's they're stacked intricately. Behind them is skeletons and skeletal remains that go over 100 feet back. Oh, God. But behind this retaining wall. So someone someone made this retaining wall. They did, absolutely. That's fucked up. This tunnel with this retaining wall is over 800 meters in length. What? To put in perspective, the population of Paris today is roughly 2.15 million. And again, there is over 6 million bodies buried. Maybe not necessarily just in this grave, but really close to this. What the fuck? So how did all the remains get there? Right. Due to the rise of Christianity ugh, in well, medieval there's your, times. Right, say no more. No, just <laughs> there's your issues. In medieval times, cremation was essentially abolished from the pagans, so typical burials were the new standard. Cemeteries were overwhelmed and mass graves were full. To save earth space, earth space, right. like dirt. Like above. Above. Ground. Yes. Yeah. They buried persons let them decompose to skeletal remains, redug the bones up, and put them in charnel houses outside the cemetery, and then reuse the dirt for more graves. Oh, what? I feel like that's so inefficient. Extremely, because you have to, to do, wait forever. Well, not forever, like some like months. A long-ass but time. A charnel house, Ew. just so those who don't know, is a vault or storage room for skeletal remains. Did not know that. There you go. But we still had a problem. There's still an, a population issue. These houses continued to fill, and seven centuries of bodies were stacking up. Oh my God. There's also, again, another massive health hazard to where bodies were breaking down walls into houses because of the pressure on these. They were built utilizing the same walls as houses, mm-hmm. and they would bust in your fucking apartment. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you're sitting drinking coffee and the fucking wall collapses and skeletons rain in? I would be like, that's what a the fucking f- omen. <laughs> what the fuck? I'd be like, uh, <laughs> bye, done. So they started reinforcing the tunnels below and then started to transport the bodies from this of above down into below into these tunnels. Just fucking cremate them. God damn it. I know. <laughs> So that's essentially how all the bodies got down. And then for the next 80 years, they did the same thing. They cleared out graveyards and anyone who perished went in the tunnel. These bones are actually constantly changed, stacked, and redesigned for stability to this day. Stop. They also provide an artistic outlook as within the bone stacks, there's crosses made from skulls. Yeah. It's not artistic. It's weird. It is weird. But they also do, like, fun patterns and stuff. There's another thing that we'll talk about. <laughs> fun patterns. That's, like, a pillar that's Mommy, really kind of interesting. <laughs> You'll have to, like, look up pictures because it's very cool. I mean, I, it, I'm sure it's cool. It's just, like, why, though? It's just weird. I know. Whatever. I was like, oh, well, we would like to preserve We'll, st- the we'll stack Barbara and Susan's legs together and... Barbara and Susan. Yeah. And Phil. Poor Phil. Poor Phil. Poor Phil. Oh, man. I know. The plague. In the 1700s, these various caverns were actually not as stable as you think. Duh. Due to frequent collapse of the tunnels and structures above, crews were sent down in to fill or reinforce the tunnels under the city. Injuries were extremely frequent, and the closest hospital was very far away. I bet. Most who suffered injuries actually perished because they never got care soon enough. In the later 1700s, a group of 
Capuchin monks founded a hospital to treat the men who worked in the tunnels just, just beneath their monastery. Oh, wow. So they created a hospital for them. That's cool. Those tunnels in the hospital still exist today. Wow. I looked it up. It's kind of cool. Reinforcing the quarries, quarries, sorry. Quarry. The quarries was necessary essentially to save the city so it wouldn't collapse in on itself. So the hospital right now today is currently a biomedical research uh, center for genetic research, molecular, and cellular biology. Hmm. In fact, one of the first things that pops up when you type um, the hospital name is how to participate in the research trials. That's their first page. Cool. I don't know why, but when you type something in, you click on their website, and the first thing is research trials. I think it's really weird. It is weird. But... I'm like, um, um, but what do you? How many beds do you have? How big is your hospital? Like, if I had to bring like my friend who got injured, why would I? I don't give a fuck about your research trials. Like, I need help. <laughs> they need help. They need help. That's clearly right. research trials. God, I don't know. It's it's sketchy. It sketches me out. But anyways, so below in the hospital, in the basement, you walk actually a hallway that transforms from, like, normal um, hallway that was, like, medical, right. flat white walls, tiles, into limestone tunnels. It just transitions. Wow. And I'm assuming there's a gated access you can't just go, but right. that's how they allowed the miners to walk in. And they just walked right in. That's yep. kind of cool. 30% of the limestone used to construct the Notre Dame Cathedral came from these tunnels by hand. The thing is huge. Yeah. Just remember, back in the day, there was no equipment back then, and everything was scraped and chiseled by hand day in, day out. There are scars in mining equipment from the scrape marks from their axes, pickaxes and stuff, that are in the quarries under the hospital. Wow. The miners and workers of the quarry put lines on the ceiling to follow exits so they don't get lost. You know, so they have a way out. Right. They can find either where they're working or where they're exiting. Right. So they drew a black line on the ceiling. Huh. One super cool thing is that as you walk through the tunnels, there are signs that tell you which building or which street you're under. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Helpful, I guess, yeah. Yeah. There are also various vertical shafts as well to provide quicker access to specific areas in the tunnel without going through the tunnel labyrinth itself. Hmm. So, like, these basically, they had ladders that go down these well-looking tubes. So you could walk down the street, drop down in, versus going through all the crazy... Wild maze it was. Right. Also, it creates exit points. Right. Quicker exit points. The workers also dug a well in the labyrinth so they would not have to leave to the surface to mix their concrete for reinforcement. Um, This was, again, so they could put limestone pillars in, too, to help support the tunnel structures. Mm Mm-hmm. In order to help prevent the very spread of diseases, including plague and cholera, there was a waterway dug in these tunnels as well. Not They utilized some of the same tunnels. The Seine, an expansively large river, a lot of people have heard of it, was the main water source for the residents of basically Paris. Due to the ever-growing size of the city, it became unrealistic for people to carry water from the Seine back to their houses in the outskirts. So aqueduct tunnels were constructed to provide fountains for those who were farther away in the city. It wouldn't put it into their house, but it would put it into this general collection area way yeah. out. As you can imagine, there's also expansive sewage tunnels were built in the same, well, built for the same health reasons. After the 1832 epidemic of cholera killing 18,000 people, um, it then happened again 
and killed 16,000 people. They learned their lesson after the second time the sewers were built. And then they were expanded over 1,000 miles in distance to help compensate for the population that was, again, increasing. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, it took them a couple times to figure it out that they need to get their shit out of their houses. Right? No kidding. (laughs) So... What's nice, what's actually kind of cool about the aqueduct system too, it's the same basic concept we use today with pressure and water basins to push water out and then up mm-hmm. from the for- the collection force, so through the tunnels. Cool. It's really cool. So we have to discuss Notre Dame, obviously. Church was created from the limestone under the tunnels, yet underneath it actually re- resides a lost Roman city, Lutetia. At 16 feet below street level, Lutetia housed, housed 20,000 Roman people. Wow. The riverfront was used, I'm sorry, was the first port utilized by the city just off the Seine. Due to various landscaping changes and increased in garbage, the Seine's banks changed to where the city was literally buried by infrastructure. They built over the top of it. So because this labyrinth is so expansive and so crazy, I wanted to give you guys a couple stories of cases of people getting like lost and some found, some not. Oh, God. Okay. So, one of the most famous ones was a man named Atlas Obscura. He went down in the catacombs in 1793. He lost his light, and he could not find his way out. He went down with one candle. And his name was Atlas. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Slowly and alone, he perished in darkness. There's no known reason why he went down into the catacombs, but 11 years later, his body was discovered gripping a bottle of alcohol. He was only a few feet from a staircase that would lead to an exit. Oh, my God. Sucks. So he has a headstone on display and is currently a popular meeting spot for the cataphiles. This stone also provides a warning for explorers to be prepared and have many sources of light. Because there is nothing down there. Right. When your lights go out, you are in darkness. You are by your hands and that's it. You're feeling. And you better hope you can feel the walls to take the right turn. If you even know what the right turn is. Exactly. Fuck that. I'm good. I'm all set. In 2018, two teens also went down to the catacombs for fun and exploration. Idiots. Legit. They got lost and lost their light sources. Idiots. Went out. They were lost for three days in the cold, dark tunnels. Upon finding them missing, search and rescue dogs indicated that they went down in the tunnels and they were able to find the boys and treat them for hypothermia. They found them with dogs. But it was a miracle they were even found alive. They're scarred for life if they aren't, I'm surprised. It's very cold down there. I bet. In 2011, a group of drunken individuals went down in the catacombs. Two members were separated from the remaining three. The two actually found their way out while the remaining three, all in their early 20s, did not. They spent two days trying to find their way out before finally getting rescued by police force, essentially. Jesus. Everyone ended up okay with no damaging permanent health injuries. Um, They were, the only reason the police found them, they said, was they left a note on the ground that said they were heading towards the South Tunnel trying to find their way out. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I just don't know. I don't get how people get separated in these fucking situations. I do. Like, are you serious? Oh, I'm going to go take a pee. Are you going to the left, to the right, to the here, <laughs> up, up through the crack, around? Just piss. Just pee, like, right around the corner. I'm just going to fucking get God. lost. I'm just going to get lost. 
I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna go here. I can't have you guys listen. If you guys have a fear of someone listening to you pee, sorry. <laughs> that sucks to be you because everybody pees and everybody poops. What? Girls poop? In 2005, a group of friends went drinking and partying down in the catacombs. They were all hanging out when they realized their friend Masha... (laughs) Masha! Masha wandered off and was no longer with the group. Their friends searched for her, but they were never able to find her. Jesus. Four months later, a a group of two boys discovered her frozen body. Where the fuck did Masha go? (laughs) Apparently away. What the hell? It was suspected because she was drunk. She wandered off, got lost, and ended up freezing to death. She was labeled as the lost girl. So there are rumors that if you descend in the catacombs after midnight, the walls will actually start to whisper. The voices try and persuade you deeper and deeper into the catacombs until you're lost in or if you're too far. The whispering walls, quote unquote, was the ins- was one of the inspirations for the movie As Above, So, so Below. Which is a horror movie about this group that wants to discover the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Well, not discover. that There's, like, cool things down in the catacombs for them to find out. Uh-huh. So. The Whispering Walls. The whispering... sounds like a Harry Potter thing. Like I would actually believe this one because there's so many dead bodies down there. Yeah. And a lot of, like, it sounds like a lot of people just kept getting lost. Like Right. Which I know it's ex- expansive and for sure. easy to get lost in, but, like. I don't know. It's just like, why would you keep going in one direction, not like turn back and try to find your way back, you know? Right. I don't know. Because the whispering walls. Because the whispering walls. Come so here, the next... my dear. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing's kind of creepy, and it, and it coincides with the, basically the retaining wall and the skull, the skeletons. Right. The skull, the skeletons. The skeletons. Like my shaft <laughs> ship. <laughs> the Crypt of Passions is a pillar covered in skulls and it's roughly in the shape of a barrel stacked similar to the retaining wall okay most of these people actually died in tragic ways but then they were utilized as an art piece for this pillar okay not a great situation people who tend to explore this area they walk into the room and they have a general feeling of unease unease and kind of nausea yeah, I have unease and nausea just based off you telling me about that. Most people feel that these spirits are in a state of unrest and they have not found peace. I'm definitely not going there after midnight. Uh, no. Down, again, back down there. Down there's under. Down under. There's a section that is just pure scratches. Oh, God. And not mining scratches. Like fingernail scratches? Yes. Oh, God. And obviously people have defamed this and essentially put like wrote their names and wrote their fucking shit but underneath it you can see like scratch marks that go down the walls and down the whatever it is Mm -hmm. down the stone so lastly this is one of the most popular things from the catacombs shown on actually abc family there's a camcorder there is camcorder footage that was discovered within the tunnels Someone had abandoned a camcorder and left it sitting there, and it was dead. Okay. It was picked up by an explorer and turned in. They basically, they filmed, the person who did this, they filmed their trek through the skeletal remains, the various tunnels, water areas, and caverns. It was suspected that the man using the camcorder, he was using it as a night vision and basically filming what he was seeing. But that's, I don't know if I believe that. You can see the man... Because it's recording, they were able to p- 
pull the recording, you can see the man, because it's like this view right here. Yeah. Um, he becomes more panicked. Like, it's like a steady stream of him, like, walking. And then it turns into, like, a running. Like a full... Oh, God. It, he basically, he starts panicking as his steps turn from walking to a fast run. The video camera starts shaking, and he starts racing back through the tunnels. Maybe he's just having a fucking panic attack. He could I mean, have been. I would. He dropped the camera on the edge of a puddle, and the only thing you see is him splashing through the puddle, going into the darkness, running away. What the? Could you imagine, though, if, like, you saw him, like, splash and run off in the distance and, like, a fucking, like... <laughs> like, thing. chasing him? Oh, my God! Fuck! Fuck! So the camera kept recording until the batteries died, and they found nothing suspicious after. Oh. Which is unfortunate because I wanted it, but whatever. I know. It's like I want to see a creepy animal. Many people have dedicated a lot of their, like, the cataphiles. They wanted to find his body and figure out who this man was. Because you can't see him. You just see a foot splashing in front of you and then just running and it's dark and that's it. Maybe he got out and he's alive and he's just living a quiet life because he was so fucking mortified about being in there. He could be. Um, None of those guys obviously have found him yet. Um... But this was the second inspiration for the movie As Above, So Below. Hmm. So, would you go explore the catacombs of the plague pits? Nope. Nah, I don't, I don't think I would Not either. At all. I would go, I would walk down in with the exit at my back and be like, I. Yeah, like poke your head cool. in. Cool. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. But I would not but go if, past. If the light like went out, I'd be like, oh yeah, we're, I'm dead. Even if it's like three feet behind me, like, oh, well, this I'm is dead. It. I'm dead. I'm dead. I am fucking dead. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'll go flying. I'll, I'll do parasailing. I might go skydiving. But yep. when you stick me underground, there's this like panic that is inevitable. That, that ensues. I, yep. Yep. I, I know. Can't. I, I don't have panic attacks, but damn. You will if you go into a catacomb and get stuck in the dark. I the only time that. I, well, I've had, I want to say I've had one panic attack in my life and I was running an adventure race <clears throat> up on um, Sunday River mm-hmm. and it was where they put five snow guns in a row, like one facing here, diagonal down, diagonal down, diagonal down, stacked up and there's five. So it created this snow tunnel, Right. but they're so powerful and they're only maybe like 10, 15 feet apart. Yeah. It actually sucks the air out of your lungs. Jesus. And I couldn't, so I just am like jogging up the mountain. I couldn't see and I go in there and you lose your vision, you lose your air. And then I lost it. I just like covered my eyes, started spinning in a circle, falling down. I couldn't breathe. I got up and I fell like out of it. And I got to like the other side somehow. And I was like, <gasps> like a full panic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm assuming that's what a panic attack is. It has to be, right? Yeah. So that's the only time, but I can only imagine. I'd probably like feel like the walls are like, eat. Yeah. I mean, the way I describe it, because I have a mild panic attack disorder, mm-hmm. um, and that is diagnosed, by the way. Good. Um, just was, I was a child when it happened, but um, is like that feeling, but induced by, like, you know how like depression is like, oh, I'm not sad. It just, I'm. You feel, you just feel right. it. It's, in, it's internal. Well, that can happen. It can be a trigger for you to panic or it can just happen. Depression can be? No. Panic attacks. Oh. It can be a trigger or it can be a... Um, just something um, that happens. Just something that happens. Just like... At, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen people literally walking down the street and just collapse. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like there's something that you should be able to relate to it. Maybe it's the color of the street. Maybe there's asphalt or something that, you know, maybe you got, I don't know, maybe you got in a car accident and you're walking down the street and you look down and you see the yellow line and that's what you woke up to like after a car accident or something. I mean, that might be classified as like PTSD then, but. Yeah, well, it's still a panic attack. It's a subsequent symptom, but not something like that. No, obviously traumatic and not fun, but. I feel awful for the people who do. Like, people don't understand how debilitating certain diseases are until you have them. Like, migraines. Everyone's like, it's just a migraine. Right, it's just a headache. It's just a headache. I'm like, have you ever had one? And then they go, no. And I'm like, I've never, I would never be able to, I don't know how people, like, have not experienced something like that. Like, I've never, it it blows my mind how people don't have headaches. Right. Who's someone who's like, I ask them on, like, a new patient or whatever, and they're like, like, oh, do you get headaches? They're like, oh, I've never had one in my life. And I'm like, you've never Lucky. had a headache. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, no, they sh- they're they not that bad. And I'm like, they're debilitating. Debil- yes, they range from like, oh, a little tweak to severe, but they're right. debilitating. Yeah. It's like, well, drive a nail through the side of your temple sometime and let me know how you feel for an right. hour. Right. Try and stand up and then just feel the pounding pressure. Yeah. And it's not like a migraine because those are even worse, but like just try to function. Like go ahead, go read a report on your computer with a headache, you know? Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't focus. Your brain is not functioning properly. It shuts you down. Yep. Or sciatic. Ooh, fun medical fact about me. Yeah. I've never experienced in my life, uh, I think I might have told you this, um, uh, brain freeze. I just don't get them. I haven't had one in decades. Yeah, I just can't, though. I've tried to induce it on purpose. Like, people have been like, hold this, like, eat a slushy, like, and don't swallow or don't chew or anything. Just just leave it in your mouth and swallow. I've done that. I've, like, left ice cream in my mouth till it melts. I've, like, eaten ice cubes. Because it's the nerve endings in your soft palate that gets it and creates that sensation. Yeah, I just, maybe minor damaged or something. They could be. That's weird. I've never... I, don't know. I haven't had it in a long time, but maybe because I'm careful and I don't slough my well, yeah, ice cream. You, you probably you probably know better now. <laughs> I know better it, than to. It sounds like it's something that you accidentally do. Like right. you eat a slushy too quick, so you just stop doing that. You'll stop getting them, you know. Right or but, yeah, but interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've never had it. I've had like chest pain from it, but that's I've been told not the same. They say it should be no. In your it's head. like in your head. It, yeah. You can feel it expand from your the top of your mouth up. Yeah. And it goes over the side. It makes you stop what you're doing. You're like, wow. Yeah, I've just never experienced that. Get rid of it. You put your just your tongue on your roof of your mouth. Oh. It warms it up. So, wow, that was a big ass sidetrack. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> that. That was a lot of actually research. I was surprised at how much that took. A little disorganized, but that's okay. No, it was cool. It was We're cool. here for the chaos. We like the chaos. We like the chaos. So we hope you keep listening. If you want to, you can send us an email at starmanspodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram for some fun photos of us and cool topics. I'll probably actually post the plague pit map. I was going to say, post sick. that cool map that you're talking about. Yes. And like maybe that cat or the. Um, Maybe that hospital, if there's any pictures of it. No, I don't want to post the hospital. I'll post the retaining okay. wall of the skulls, though. That'd be sick. Oh, is there pictures of that? Tons, tons of video evidence. Like, everything I just talked about, footage, proof, eyewitness accounts, like, everything you can look up, you can see. 
So again, you can pay people to tour you down in there. Nope, I'm not gonna do that. But you don't have to. So I'm not gonna. Okay, I don't blame you. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. We'll uh, see you next time. Shit, do we have a teaser? We don't have a teaser because it's your episode. TBD. To be. I'll leave it a secret. To be different. To the be. To be different. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye.